Welcome to Femcasters, a podcast and community where feminine wiles and ferocious female voices collide. Femcasters was born from the idea that we can change the world one broadcast at a time. We are here to unite and elevate the voices of silence breakers just like you, girl-wide. Let's kick it, Karina. Kick it! Femcasters, we're thrilled to have you here today. Karina, we have a podcasting giant. He is revolutionary in the field of podcasting. He hails from Tampa, Florida, and he is going to change the way you think about podcasting because he does it in such a unique way. And he has united so many podcasters. He is the chief content, what was that, Karina? Chief content creator, CEO. Chief creative officer. That's right. Chief creative officer at PodFest, Podfest, which is the premier festival for all podcasters. He is Chris Kremitzos, and he is going to be on here in a second, and we cannot wait to have him. Well, and I had the distinct pleasure of meeting you in person very briefly at She Podcast Live just a couple of months back. So I'm thrilled to have you here, Chris. This is amazing. I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me on, Karina and Jules. We're so excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where your journey began, because a lot of us podcasters, we start off, there's a lot of pod fade. It's a lot of isolation. And I think you're kind of infusing the cure for podcasters to really build a community. But where did Chris start? Where did you start? Well, so for uh, we'll take it up on the podcasting because if we start from my birth, it's a long story. So oh from, from podcasting- <laughs> We don't have that much time, Chris. Yeah, exactly. For podcasting, I remember going to, I hosted a meetup about podcasting in 2013. Wow. And I, I realized that it was lagging behind YouTube. And prior to that, I used to produce television shows and we did a lot on YouTube. And I was like, why is podcasting lagging behind? And part of that was, at the time, people listened to audio generally in the car, in their Mm -hmm. radio. So it would take about eight years before you replace your car, and that would have the new Bluetooth-enabled devices. So I saw a huge opportunity for creators in that space. And we created uh, two workshops in 2014. Then we formalized PodFest because I helped so many people get started, but then they needed more support. So I was like, how could we support them? So we created a monthly meetup, which is the longest running in the country, as far as I know. Uh, Just had it last night again, every second Tuesday of the month in Florida. And then we created an international event, really it was just an event, but it's become an international event called PodFest. And basically we just look to solve the challenges that podcasters need, which are how do I grow my podcast? Mm -hmm. Then it's how do I monetize my podcast? And then it's, is there anyone else that's a podcaster that I could talk to so I could compare notes? So we built that community by listening to what our community needed. Since then, PodFest has become, I knew it became international when people like, hey, I need you to help write the embassy letter. You have to write letters for certain countries for people to come in. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And I had to learn what that is. So now we have people from all over the world that attend. But thanks to COVID, that really internationalized even further because we had an event that hit a Guinness World Record as one of the largest virtual events for podcasters over the course of a week. So we're really excited about supporting creators and isolation. This is what's unique. And Jules, I think you hit this on the nose. Podcasters were isolated before COVID because we work behind a mic at at home. 
So our event, I remember people like, oh, your event. I go, no, my event is needed because we only have one or two or three touch points a year where podcasters could see each other and connect in person because all the mm -hmm. other stuff we're all doing just like this is virtual. Yep. Well, I will say I first learned about PodFest from Matthew Passy, who I think you know. I guessed it on his show and he sent me a free link to the virtual event, which I did attend. I, you know, it was my, I was just getting my start. I think it was in March that year. And that was, yeah, just, just a, really less than a year ago. It's hard to believe. Like so much time has passed and yet it's just <laughs> eight or nine months ago. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it, it's the last couple of like years. Dog years like dog years. Yeah. They feel like 15, 20 years, honestly. I, I get 2020 and 2021 very confused. I do too. They just kind of bleed into one another. So, and we're here and we're entering 2022. I mean, what are you seeing as the future of podcasting from your vantage point? So th th there's always going to be new creators, but the one thing that seems to be consistent is there's only a few creators that stick around. So in other words, we might say there's 2 million podcasts listed, but of those, there's only about 200,000 that are active, meaning they posted an episode in the last 30 days or so. So what we're seeing right now, for those that are really active and they're growing, there's an immense amount of money that's coming into the space and the billions of dollars. Because you have to realize radio had, uh, still probably has billions of dollars spent on it. And that money now is transferring onto on-demand content. Mm -hmm. Audio, podcasting is one of those places. So that, that money is trying to find a home. So you're going to see a lot of these podcasters that started are monetizing, but also those that stay consistent, I think will also be able to monetize in different ways. So you're going to see the professionalization of the industry really grow with the flood of money coming in over the next couple of years. Yeah. And I will say there's a lot of very, very big names, of course, coming into the world of podcasting. So at the time I launched, which was just in January last year, or this year, rather, 2021, that's my other podcast, Care More, Be Better. I was competing with Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, and then Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen in the same category. That's no so competition, Karina. Come on. For reals. <laughs> it's just, it's interesting because when you, I, when you hear about podcasting, when you're just starting out, you think, oh, well, I can get a new and noteworthy with Apple Podcasts if I just follow this formula and with all of those big names coming in that just becomes harder and harder well a lot of those celebrities too actually pod fade if you follow i follow a lot of them very few of them do really well they do make a lot of money from that money that's flooding in but not all of them stick around they really have to love the medium so people like dax shepherd has done well because he loves what it is Russell Brand's doing really well with his YouTube mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. But you see a lot of them. Um, I think Michelle Obama started one. What they'll do is they'll make it seasonal because you really have to have a love for this. And I think that's what's going to – our independent side, the ones that aren't famous, they're going to craft out a nice niche because as long as you stay consistent and in the game long enough, I think you'll you'll, you'll win over time. But you always have to improve and learn from the audience. Yeah, I think my favorite new podcast that's hosted by celebrities is Smartless because it's just funny. I mean, there are three comedians essentially sitting in Those a tend to do really well. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's more entertainment coming in. I mean, we're even seeing this trend in Clubhouse where people were trying to do like audio entertainment shows for a while there. I think that's now drifted back into the world of podcasting from there. But it's just interesting to see what is changing, what is getting miniseries and where we're headed from here. Do you see social audio as really compatible with podcasting right now? And, you know, 
Clubhouse, Wisdom app, all those kind of, as it grows out, builds out, are you seeing that this is something a lot of podcasters are using to their advantage? Yes, it's a great way to grow. So like my my view of on-demand audio and on-demand video, so I'll just give you my view of it. So having a podcast to me means you have an RSS feed that goes out to these directories so everybody could download your show in general. And the reason why that's important is you have a home that I could find anytime I want on demand to consume your back catalog. Social audio to me is like when you're walking in the mall and they have those kiosks and people are trying to get your attention. It's good, but it's it's almost like, and you see it in Clubhouse, they have a thing called the hallway. Like you could browse through the hallway, you could jump in and out. So you have someone's attention. It's up to you, kind of like what you just said, Jules, get their attention, then bring it towards the home, which would be your, your podcast. If you have a YouTube show, for instance, your home would be the YouTube channel itself. That's where I could go binge if I like something and watch the back catalog. So it's important to have a home Social audio is not a home. It is a directory where it'll help you direct and catch people to put into your your home. And that's kind of how I see all those tools. So some people are doing really well because they're looking to build their reputation, build their other people already built their reputation. So they're not going to be as big on it. So it all depends where you're at in the cycle. But I, I love those tools. And I've seen many creators use them to their benefit right now. There's podcasters right now as we speak using Clubhouse building their their followings, and I think they're doing the right thing. I love that. And I personally have a very deep love-hate relationship with social media, but we've found that in terms of creating a community, Clubhouse has been absolutely a wonderful tool in making those true and true connections. And I don't really know what the ROI of my time on Clubhouse, how that translates to listenership, but I know for just creating those relationships are really important. I'm wondering your thoughts on social media, Instagram, Facebook, how does, do you feel like that has helped your growth in general, or is it more really getting that, those touch points, holding meetups, being a leader in the community? What do you see as really the secret sauce, if you will, Chris? I mean, the secret sauce for long-term growth is creating raving fans that will go get you other fans to join or, or customers. So I'm a slow and steady wins the race. So we started at a meetup with 13 people. I mean, PodFest now is over 2,000. In person, in 2020, we had just, just under 2,000 attendees, but we started with 13 people. So I'm a big fan of using those social tools but there's nothing better than word of mouth engagement. So using it, like if you have a clubhouse, but built as a club, as a community, that's a very smart way to use your community engagement. Having communities within these social platforms is huge because then that'll help you build your, your other assets that you have under there. So I'm a big proponent of community building. However you do it, I don't care as long as people are resonating with it and it's helping grow your community. So Social, if you're on a so like for instance, if you hate Facebook, I wouldn't recommend you being on Facebook. If you're a LinkedIn user, go on LinkedIn. If you're a Clubhouse user, I'm big on doubling down on your strengths. And as you build momentum slowly but surely, you're able to then siphon off that brand equity into a secondary platform. So I'm big on focusing on something, doing it well, and then branching out as time goes on and more money comes in for you to allocate resources. Yeah. Well, I have a question that relates to how you have worked to keep 
PodFest growing. I know running conferences can be an incredibly expensive endeavor. She Podcast Live, I think, has been very transparent about the challenges they ran into having run the event in 2021. I think they were in the red on the show and kept it going anyways. So I'm curious to know what you think about the future of events in this present pandemic that we're in and how you're working to even activate as you have your monthly meetups in person to really keep that community engaged and involved. Yeah. So for PodFest, we started a PodFest podcast that's hosted by two of our members. So they interview people from the community. We started the PodFest Messenger, which is a really amazing newsletter that our editor, Larry Roberts, puts out. And all those touch points can have sponsors. So we actually are creating other engagements that are virtual in order to grow the community. And then we actually started a tool called PodConnects where we send out e-introductions to members within the community to meet each other via email and then schedule a Zoom call to get to know each other. So that I think is going to be, PodConnects, I think is going to be probably the most pivotal thing we've ever created. We're in month one of our launch. It's already been very successful. So in-person and virtual events, I think you're going to have hybrid. We're going to have some events that are fully virtual, no no in-person. Other events that have in-person with hybrid. It's just, you. this is the weird part that changed. So before COVID, you could plan these events a year out and you kind of yeah. knew what was going to happen. You have your normal chaos, which it's chaotic anyways, doing an event. But now COVID, you don't know if a new strain comes out of nowhere and the event that you had planned six months out or three months out gets canceled. Um, so I I can only speak for myself. I've become accustomed with an immense amount of change, you know, that could happen at a drop of a hat at this point. So luckily we love virtual events and we we're really good at them. So to me, I think the future, if you haven't adapted to be good at both, you're going to be in trouble mm-hmm. uh, for the event side. But I do think in person is going to be even sweeter because we need to see each other. When we do, those will be even sweeter occurrences. Uh, the content won't be as important. People will just be happy to see another human being. Mm-hmm. Even though I think content's important, but like that's, there's a now there's a mental health aspect to it that was there before, but it's 10 times more important for people to have human connection. Now, Chris, you brought up two things that I wanted to comment on. One is that you have a couple of people running a show called the PodFest podcast. We encountered one of those people in a room we ran on Clubhouse. I'm forgetting her name right now, but I mean, uh, like an hour. Yes. Yes. She was part of your community. That's great. Yeah. She's, She's amazing. So I was just uh, the power of connection and the fact that Clubhouse can make some of those for you, I think is really, really cool. And then I just also really firmly believe that the power of in-person connections is just incredible. I I got so much out of being at She Podcast Live, less than I might have liked from the actual sessions that they were running and more from just the connections I made with other individuals at the show. Just seeing people at a show was, for me, very inspiring, <laughs> especially because yeah. that's what I do for a living. So it was just nice to be around that. But, you know, I think the I think we're going to have a bright future. I think there's going to be a lot of medical advancements that will help in what's going on as we move into the future. But, you know, the good part, let's say you were health. There, there was people, because we deal with a lot of people, that were health compromised that couldn't come out before COVID even, you know, for a lot of reasons. The most amazing part now is they they will have almost a virtual option for almost every event moving forward. So it's made it more accessible to more people, which I think is a a really great development as a side product uh, of everything that's happening. Well, you get a bigger audience and it can be a greener way to run a show too. So 
Yeah, we we internationalized our audience. So we we had our largest pool of people. We had like people in Nigeria, India. There's so a couple cool. countries that we have huge. You'll both appreciate this. I was on a call with some. It was a Spanish app. The team is out of Spain, and I had a very famous podcaster on the call with me. And I said, "Hey, do you know so and so?" And I would think they were like, oh, "Absolutely, we know so and so," and they were like, "Never heard of that person." And I was like, well, "You know," and they go do you know about PodFest? Cause I'll explain. And he said, we know everything about PodFest. We know who you are. <laughs> so it was interesting how like PodFest during COVID like really became uh, a much bigger brand than it was pre COVID because we're able to reach uh, people globally. And I did hear you mention, Chris, I mean, not only is podcasting isolating and people give up in the drop of a hat, but the mental health of podcasters, do you have your pulse on how they're doing and how it can be remedied, if you will? Yeah, so we started our first mental health track at March's Pod Global, and we thought it was important that we start growing that space. How can it be remedied? I mean, I give people some tips. If you have a friend you haven't heard from before in a while, reach out and give them a call. For podcasting, that's why we started the Pod Connect program, so people could connect just to see how everybody's doing. For us, how we're going to help is we're going to create a track that's always going to be around on mental health and wellness. Part of it is the isolation, but you have to realize the other part of being an influencer is there's people that will attack you based on something you said or an opinion you shared. And we do have people being cyberbullied across platforms, and it's a whole different thing. And let me tell you, I know we were, a lot of us are careful for the kids, but what's happening is adults are being cyberbullied too. So, and these are many of our attendees. So the only way we could help is making sure people know they're not alone. How to how to deal with it. Sometimes having a peer that's been through it that could talk you through it, that's saying, hey, I made it on the other side, you're going to be okay, really helps. And we're hoping that helps the mental awareness because it's very tough right now. People are attacking people more than ever online. And I think having a mental health track for us is pivotal in helping get outreach out to our creators. Well, I just hadn't even thought of that. I think because I run a show that is social impact and sustainability. And then this one, which is about empowering women and improving their access to tools and elevating their voices, which both I don't think are super inflammatory, but I could see it happening. I mean, it's, well, a lot of female, let's say YouTubers, sometimes they just get attacked based on their looks just because a troll wants to go after them. Not even doesn't have anything to do with the content. So we're learning as we started the mental mm -hmm. health track, I started learning all these different situations that pop up and the things that people will say. Now, you, everybody wants to say, hey, it's just a troll, but let's be honest, you start reading those comments, it still makes it in, you know, to your psyche. So it's really, there's some crazy stuff that goes on and sometimes it's not even content. It's just that troll picked that person on that day to terrorize online. Hmm. So there's a lot of well, stuff that's out there and, and we're hoping to create a safe space to at least talk about it and say, hey, I've been through that. Here's how I handled it take it with how you will and then experience share kind of how some people were able to handle it because it's, I'm hoping it tempers down, but right now it's at an all time high from what we can see. Well, Chris, I think I would say you could couple that with the track that is related to media and media relations mm. training in media, yeah, because I think one of the things is that you have to learn to have a little bit of a thick skin. If you're going to go mm -hmm. to a local TV show or radio show and be on the air, sometimes they almost try to roast you as a guest, depending on the format of the show. And I've seen that more in traditional radio, but because I've had exposure in those arenas, like I've, I've done like radio tours and also TV tours. 
it's just, you get used to it. You kind of just let it roll off your back. You don't feel the criticism. You don't read the reviews, let's say. And Jules, you probably have a thing or two to say about that having written books. Well, I just think, you know, when you, you're putting yourself out there, you're putting your, you know, when you become a part of mainstream media, it just comes with the territory and you do, you either ignore it or you engage in it. But if it becomes hostile or abusive, yeah, absolutely. That's when, you know, have those underpinnings or anchors of how to really correct that or just knock them, knock them off their pedestal. But, you know, if, if we look at a lot of celebrities, it happens all the time. And I always say when people like make comments that aren't so nice, it means that I've made it and they're jealous. Yeah, that's right. Something mm -hmm. else to keep in mind, when you build a strong community, your community will come to your defense. So I've had this happen for brands I work with in the natural product space where suddenly a bunch of non-GMO trolls came in and started like just going to town on our posts, just trashing wow. them and trying to give us a bunch of one-star reviews and everything else. And I didn't have to do anything. My community came to the rescue and they just, you know, went and gave us a slurry of five-star reviews. They reached out to their community and said, this brand is being targeted by these trolls, help out. And I mean, I literally found out about it after it had started happening about three days because it started on a Friday and I didn't get back to my desk until Monday. So I think if you develop a true, consistent community, then, you know, people are going to be there to support you. No, absolutely. And and the key here is a lot of these people haven't, don't have the media training or they just started. And when that hits you and you don't have any, you know, no one's there to support right. you. So we see that as a, a big thing to help all these amazing independents that are now getting attention. Like I said, that means you're probably starting to make it, but how do you deal with that? You know, that's a big question. And how you deal with it can engage your audience or it could repel right. them. That's so right. there's that piece. Right. That, that piece, right. You're right. So I, I actually put that media relations. Great, great, uh, great suggestion. So, I mean, you started from somewhere, you know, and you've built this empire. As I mentioned, you really are one of the figureheads in terms of podcasting nationwide, wide, internationally. Where do you start and how, what are the steps you've seen or any tools or tricks you've seen in terms of building, scaling, monetizing, growing your podcast into the empire that maybe you've grown yours into? So for me, I started a conference to help people that were starting podcasts. So we created a home. So we're like the trade show for the industry, or one of anyways. If I was a creator and I have an audience listening, the, that's the most amazing compliment is that they're listening. But now if I want to activate them to join a community, obviously it would be a Facebook group, whatever the group is, let's just say it's a group. I would invite them to join the group. And then over time, you have to activate those people to engage when you're not in the group. So kind of like what Karina just said earlier, how do you make, I, I call them pillars of the community. How could I create pillars of the community that will engage when I'm not there, when I'm sleeping, they could answer or ask questions. And part of that is uh, like, I'll give you an example. Like for PodFest, I think it was in 2019, we're getting ready for 2020's PodFest. There was a young gentleman that happened to engage really well on out because we do like Zoom calls, getting people ready. And I could tell in the group, he started like really helping people. So mm -hmm. I called him up out of the blue and he was like, I can't believe you're calling me. And I said, I just want to thank you for being so helpful because you both know how much customer service that takes off of me and my team. But I also mean, I want to thank him for, cause he was helping, he was answering questions before my team could get to it. Cause we were getting overwhelmed with the, with the demand on what was about to happen. And I, I he said, 
he, he said what a really good person that's a pillar of a community would say, is there anything else I could help you with? And I said, honestly, if you could get on some of my team calls so you know what's going on and you could answer before we can, when we can't get to post, I'd really appreciate it. Well, this gentleman was post, like, someone would have an answer within five minutes of them posting on the group. And we're talking all hours of the night. And he would, he would pretty much beat my team to it. Member of your community is extremely valuable and you want to support that person. So then obviously I would highlight that person. And then he even helped us with some other things on site that was pivotal in, in building community. He created his own, he created his own circle of community within my community. That's when you know your community is taking off. When people start forming subsets of your community, and then you just want to encourage and allow that to flourish because that's going to really help you build your brand. Well, I think you demonstrated two really important things there that I just want to touch back on. First, you gave credit where credit was due, and then you invited him into kind of the secret fold, which, I mean, it's genius, but it's also just really important to acknowledge when you have those members of your community that are shining. It's about creating other leaders in your yep. Correct. Yes. Holacracy is something we adopted. Uh, wow. Tony Shea and Zappos would use that. So we literally, like at our last pod global, which is a full virtual event, we had 500 speakers and people always say to me, oh my God, that's amazing. I couldn't get 500 speakers if I didn't have some amazing leaders within our community leveraging their connections to build that out. Maybe, maybe because I have a reputation, I get 250 speakers, but the other 250 came from the community. And then collectively, we create an amazing dance, you know, amazing song that goes out to the world. The other thing that's something I do almost always, I talk in the singular. Hmm. So that's very important because most people talk, when people are looking for followers, and Jules, you, you talked about it, followers, they talk in plural. And it's not about followers. It's about individuals that could help you grow mm -hmm. something amazing. So I always talk in the singular. And then I always tell people, if you have a friend that would like to be part of our community, I would love if you could invite that friend. And if you want to introduce me to that friend, I'd be more than happy to take that introduction. So I also have an open door policy. Early on my open door policy, I could spend a half hour or more on a call. Now my calls are down to 15 minutes, but I will do my best to extend them when I can. But I still have an open door policy and that's even more important. It's just now I have more people coming my way, but so I don't have as much time to contribute but I still contribute my time Whereas most people that get to certain levels of community building will shut out their community and say, Hey, I don't have any time for you. And that sends a very bad message to your community in that you don't have time for them. Even if the one person gets that message, that message resonates throughout your entire community. Cause that energy, I'm big, I'm a big proponent on energy. Energy flow is really important on how anything can grow. So I trust my gut and put the right energy out. So I'm raising my cup to you, cup of coffee. If it was another time of day, I might, be raising something else. <laughs> but let's just say this, are using the most powerful and persuasive word in the English language, which is you. And so this is something that people in communications learn. I mean, it was part of actually my MBA course load from last spring, where we talked about the power of the word you and your and speaking to people in that way gets them to think about their spot from within the community and what their contribution is. It makes them feel acknowledged. And so marketers who know that leverage it, but I think generally speaking, we can all learn from that. So instead of even when you're hosting a podcast saying, okay, listeners, which is something I do, I should say you. 
<laughs> well, I'll give you one tip, but I, one tip that I found works for any podcaster. When you want to do an ask for your audience, what we found works really well, and we've kind of tested this. I don't have like exact metrics, but I've seen shows actually increase very quickly. Usually they, they need to have a, a nice base of listeners to begin with, like 100 people or more or whatever. But if you said to them, I really appreciate you listening to the show. I get asked quite often, how can I support the show? It would mean a lot to me if you shared this show with a friend that you think could use it. And the way you could share it is by literally taking their phone and downloading the show and then asking them to listen to the show. So you you also have an embedded call to action of what they need to do. And then you just sign off. Thank you for listening, X, Y, Z. But now you've given them not only what you want them to do, but an action step of what that looks like. And it actually changes the trajectory of entire shows on, on their growth. That's simple. Just to in creating an intimate relationship with your listener and they do come attached to you and your message. So that is powerful. Yeah. And I think, Karina, you mentioned something. Last night I was at the Florida Podcast Association. We had 15 people. I'm just as excited to hang out with 15 people. And then after a bunch of us stayed out till like, 10, 11 p.m. at night. It's once a month where okay. we had, it was, it was at an IHOP. So it was like, we, we okay. stayed around. There's a, there's a shift that people change at IHOP. It happens around 11 o'clock. So we get out <laughs> by 11, but we, we, but the cool part is when we started that meeting, a lot of us, our podcast hadn't grown yet and we would all hang out. Like it would be a whole bunch of us, but now what's happened is everybody's so busy this is the one time a month where we could get together. And unfortunately some people could only make it there every other month. But it's so sweet to see everybody and sharing the success of how they built their tribes, their communities, what they're up to. And it's so cool to see, like, create, be full-time creators and say, hey, I just bought a, the house of my dreams because of all the work I've done the last three or four years. So it's it's a, we're in a difference of growth for that group. And then we always have new people that come in and we love them just as much as when we all started because we see how bright-eyed, bushy-tailed they are and we give them the tools that they need. But the weirdest part about that, people ask me, like, what makes PodFest so special? It's that little meetup I do every month because those mm -hmm. people are like super pillars, right? And then they kind of rub off on other people. And next thing you know, we have this huge organism that's thousands deep, but there's there's pods where there are, the communities being built in circles around all their common interests. And, and I want to be very clear. We don't build out one to many. We build in circles. And that's it's a very... You, not unique thing, but if you want to build big, you want to build in circles. So PodFest has so much different niche content for every, like we have a whole entertainment section we're adding, entertainment podcasting. Like we think that's huge. Under that is comedy. So then we niche under the entertainment banner. So we have all these things that we're doing to help each niche connect. And then they all meet in the commons. We call it the common area where all the niches let out and they meet in the hallways and the after parties. So it's a uh, very strategic and very intentional. So Everything we do is built intentionally for the experience of that individual. That's fantastic. So tell us when your event is so our audience can hear that. So our event is May 26th, 29th, Orlando, Florida. Next year, we're excited. 2022. Karina, I think we're going to have to go. What do you think? Well, Maybe. Uh, we did apply to we did. speakers. So we'll see we if did. we get selected. Yeah, so the, the team is looking through that. And we, have, we appreciate we had people. <laughs> no, but we had a lot of amazing people come through and we're excited. So our our thing is as many amazing creators that we could feature. We also have a whole YouTube track, live streaming track. So like, I just think personally, and I'm, I'm biased, I think we have the best education in the marketplace. 
because of creators like yourselves that are like just the um Karina, you mentioned the media relations like that right little twist like uh, we have a media relations but to marry that right after the mental health track let's say that room continues mm -hmm. or even just have tip. one session that's focused on media relations for people who are being bullied and 100%. how to handle it hmm. i mean i'd be happy to lead that one if you want me to <laughs> Well, we're going to look at the submissions, but obviously you're very well versed and I, I enjoyed what you were sharing. So that's that's the other thing, community. So let's just use this. Paying attention to what's in front of you is huge. So most people will go outside their community to find talent when they already had it under their nose. Right. So you have to really understand what's under your nose because, and you know, I'm sure you've seen this, Karina, you'll have someone that is so well versed in their subject matter and they show up to a conference to learn from an expert and they realize like, man, I don't know how they picked this expert. Mm -hmm. I have more experience and I know a lot more than this individual. That's not, that's not the presenter's fault. That's the organized fault for not paying attention that they already had that richness there. And maybe they went outside mm -hmm. to find someone that didn't quite fit the bill. So you always want to pay attention as a, a someone that's building community, what's under your nose. And that right there is the power of community, uplifting those around you. It's not all about numero uno at top. At the top, it really is about enhancing those gifts that everybody does have. And when you can see that special gift within your community, boom, the magic happens. Boom. And Jules, yeah, people, give them the opportunity. And people ask me all the time, how do you get people to promote PodFest? What they don't understand is our community is so locked into one another we just ask them if they'd like to promote, but because we listen to them and we care, they care. So it creates a much stronger community. So it was like, they almost think like, what did you do? It's like, I didn't do anything. We just shared with them our vision. That's another thing. Share your vision with your community. If let's say you're, uh, we're big on authenticity. Let's say you're at a certain number of downloads. You're like, we'd love to grow this community to this level, share with them and they'll help you get there. Um, one of the most popular things with YouTube channels, people love saying I was your 100th subscriber or your first 10,000 subscriber. They love being part of the journey of watching a creator grow. With podcasters, they can't see our numbers. So we have to share with them, like, here's the vision. Here's where we want to get to. And you could share different metrics. You don't necessarily have to share downloads, but you could share, we want 1,000 people in the community or whatever that is. They'll help you get there if you if you share with them what, mm -hmm. what you're looking to do. What you're. That's fantastic. I mean, I can tell... Karina and my brain, they're it's swirling right now. We're like, oh my gosh, so many great ideas. <laughs> right, Karina? Well, I want to get to Florida for his next meetup. That's what I want to do. Like more yeah. than even the pod fest. And events. guess who start guess who started doing a meetup and we didn't even know meetups were a thing? Karina and I. Congrats. And it was really, it's Congrats. really popular too. And I I was amazed just at the people who need this community. It's so needed, Chris. So needed. And you so really spearheaded it. So one thing with meetups, I'll tell you a trick that we came across. So we used to promote the content. So it would be like, hey, Karina's going to talk about media relations for the month. And we stopped doing that because people would then only show up for Karina, not each other. So now we're at the evolution cycle where we don't even tell them what the topic is. They got to trust that they're coming for each other. Mm -hmm. And the topic is a bonus because we want to build community. But the coolest part Sorry. about, yeah, the, well, we, we did it because some people would just show up like randomly. And I asked them, like, why are you showing up? Oh, just for the content. And I was like, that's antithetical of what I'm trying to build. So even though I might lose some numbers, the people are showing up for each other. That's what I wanted to focus on. So we don't even post half the time. 
Mm-hmm. Well, unless let's say Karina and Jules, you guys come in from out of town. We're going to promote that. Let people know, give you a hometown welcome. But if it's one of our creators, they should all show up for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one time one person was like, oh, I sit next to so-and-so all the time. I don't know if I'd learn anything. It happened to be like the best presentation of the year. I'm like, just because you know him by sitting and eating pancakes next to each other, you don't know what that person can teach you. Does that make sense? So that's a big thing. And last night, I'll give you an example. We have a lot of uh, inside jokes. So it keeps it lively. So we have one person that taught all of us podcasting. We call him the podfather. So he always shows up late. Godfather. I love so that. he always shows up late. So when he shows up late, we all just applaud as he walks in. Right in the Doesn't matter if someone's presenting, everybody just applauds the Podfather until he sits down. Then we have one of our members, Bruce, is very anal. Yeah, Bruce is very anal in a good way. So he's our timekeeper. So he's known as our sacred timekeeper because he has no problem cutting people off. So we have all these positions and these inside jokes. So the new people are like, <laughs> Did I just step into a cult? What's going on here? But then we cue them into the jokes, and then next the next month they're part of it, and that's how community builds. It's, and we're having fun. We're laughing at each other, poking fun. So it's really I I feel uplifted today by attending it last night, and I'm glad I have it once a month to see my friends. Otherwise, sitting in an office by myself is very lonely. Luckily, we get to do this conversation. I'm not always doing interviews. I'm usually sitting at a computer, doing you know work working with my team virtually. So it's just it's very uplifting having hung out with everybody last night. At the IHOP. At the IHOP, it's tough to get sleep after because all of us are buzzing on a high. Just see, like your yeah, adrenaline's right. pumping because you saw your friends and how are you doing? You sh- you share stories or maybe you had a problem and someone's like, oh, I went through that. Here's what you need to do or here's what I recommend. And we we saw some amazing things happen at that thing at that place. And just maybe a final thought, but what is Chris Kermitzos order at IHOP? What is your favorite go-to? My favorite go-to is their Thanksgiving plate. Uh, so it's, I call it the Thanksgiving plate, but it's like the <laughs> turkey with the, they don't call it cranberries, they call it ligandberries and uh, stuffing oh, yeah. and mashed potatoes. But now because of all like the work shortages, I just ask them like what's fresh and I just stick with that because you don't know what's been said. <laughs> so I, I keep it safe, but I, I love, I eat after the meeting and a bunch of us hang out after and it's, it's the best. The one waitress that we had for a couple of years used to attend PodFest for two years running. She was a journalist major, so we would give her a pay it forward pass. So she became part of our community and Sarah did the wow. kid. So we're supporting her on her next evolution. She's doing really well. So it's like even the, the servers become in on the act and managers love us and we make sure to take care of the, the wait staff because they work so hard. So it's like it's we become part of that IHOP because we've been there now, I think, over 10 years. So if we don't show up, I'm getting a call like, you guys okay? Once once or twice a year, COVID obviously we didn't show up for a while. But before COVID, it would be once or twice a year where PodFest would happen at the same time. So we'd all be at PodFest. And I'd forget to tell the management. They would tell us like, hey, you guys okay? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. forgot to tell you, you know, take care of the, the servers after. Well, I love that. I'm hungry. Chris, this has been, now I <laughs> want some lingonberries stuffing. I love lingonberries. Thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I, I... We adore you, number one. Number two, I mean, I have no doubt somehow, some way, Karina and I are going to meet you in person, but we are sitting at the feet of your expertise because you build a community because you are creating real relationships and you're believing in the people around you. If it is a CEO, CFO, or if it's the waitress from IHOP, you know, everybody is a part of your community and I mean, that gives me chills, actually. That is how I want to lead my life because you're doing it with authenticity and grace and 
really thinking outside the box in terms of building your empire. So Thank I, you, I'd Chris. Like to leave you, can I leave you with a, a quick story that I think will hit home? Please. Yep. Knock it out so of the park. At one of the meetups, we had a gentleman by the name of Jerry. He would show up. He was like in his 70s. And he was part of, this was before we were doing, we were doing intern marketing meetups before PodFest that we were keeping busy. And he would show up every week at the time we were weekly and he bought a brand new iPad. And then he went on a tour of Italy and he took pictures. And I was like, Jerry, how awesome. And he was dating different women and, you know, he was a widower. So one day he invited Katie and I to his house and he told Katie how much he loved his second wife. And how much he loved seeing my wife and I met at the IHOP that he would attend. And I didn't know this part of the story, but he said, you know, I was really lonely after I lost my wife and your son was so nice, uh, your husband was so nice to me. I would come to the meetup so I wouldn't be lonely. He didn't care about money or learning anything. So he would hang out just to be around friendly people because I was nice to him. And then he told her, and this one put me in tears, but he said before his wife passed, he goes, we always planned for me to pass first. I was older, younger, whatever. He said she went in for a routine surgery. Unfortunately, she didn't make it out. But he goes, before he pa she passed, they went on a trip to Italy. And Katie didn't know the, the part I just shared with you. Those pictures that he was showing me of Italy, he retraced by himself every bench, every place he visited with his wife. So as he's telling Katie, the, the, I went to the bathroom and I started crying because I was thinking about, like, all these trips he was doing. He was revisiting the places that he would visit. So anyways, Jerry becomes a family friend. Like, these stories you can't duplicate unless you're in the trenches with people so he you know took us out to dinner uh, check up on him and he told he also told me you know he's the old timer he goes this one granddaughter is the only one that checks up on me so she's getting everything when i'm when i'm gone and i love her she's a nurse you know they, they, they tell you straight out what's going on so so i was like oh that's awesome you know good for her so he he passes away you know life gets busy i was going to check up on him you check on a, a facebook and i see I see it pass away, and I'm devastated to tell Katie we lost Jerry. And I saw the granddaughter, and I was like, let me send her a message. And I was like, hey, send her a direct message, just so you know. And I'm sure she knew this, but I'm like, your grandfather always talked about you. He loved you. You were like his favorite. So the message, my grandfather left me 20 people to call. You're one of them. And the, my number had changed. He just wanted to let you know you're a great friend, and he really loved, you know, the camaraderie he had with you. So for me, being left as one of the last numbers someone would call, because I was spending time at a meetup, having fun with people, probably one of the greatest experiences of my life that he thought of me that much, that I was the one. He's like, we should have to call Chris, let him know. And it, it just, that's why we do what we do. Like when you do events or community building, yes, everybody wants to make money because you want to survive and all that stuff. But that's not the real reason. If you're really good at it, it's because you care about people and connect them and you want to lift them up. But for me, Jerry changed my life with that one gesture at the end there, his final gesture. Make, make sure you tell Chris. And the granddaughter was telling me. And, she, and you know, she knew she was the favorite, obviously. So she took care of all of his affairs and turned out that her boyfriend was like a podcaster. So they knew about podcasts. It was just a weird circle of like, <laughs> I never met him during podcasts. I met him when I was doing like marketing groups. And it's funny how we're all connected in this, in this grand scheme. But for me, those are the stories that, Jules, like you mentioned, like, I meet a lot of executives. They're pretty boring in general. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's all the same thing. You know, they're looking at EBITDA. We got to do this or that. Some are great, but the colorful characters of life are what makes life unique. And the more colorful characters, the cooler stories you have in the experience, I think. That's kind of what I'm going for, just collecting great stories with great people and great moments with them. Well, Chris. 
Thank you for sharing all of that. We're honored to have had you on Femcasters and this is your legacy, truly. This is your legacy. Thank you, Jules. Thank Jerry's you. proud. Jerry's proud. That's right. So we like to ask our guests to do something silly as we prepare to end the show. Like dancing? Just say two <laughs> words for us. Just, Just say, two say words it, Chris. Do it. Do it. You say kick it. Oh, I could uh, kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Femcasters. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were motivated. We hope you think a little bit differently about how your voice, your very own voice can change the universe. So tap on those five stars, share the love, share this episode with another Femcaster that you think could use this message today. And head over to femcasters.com for all the goods we covered today, including tools to elevate your voice. You can join our exclusive community and celebrate the Femcaster in you. Together, we can elevate the power and the voice of women girl-wide. Let's do this. Been really fun. So fun. Thank you so Great much story. for Thank joining you for us. This, this was awesome. Thank you for having me on Fancasters. Yeah, and no pressure. Mancaster, you're a mancaster now. Official mancaster. If you can send me a note about when your meetups are, Jules and I are talking about connecting in Florida earlier than you're having Podfest. And so it's possible that. Oh, we yeah. We're going to walk into the IHOP, Chris. Right. This one's- like, oh, they look <laughs> like- familiar. No, listen, if you if you plan on attending, we'll have you presenting on something, but maybe media relations, 15 minutes. Let's talk so we can make it a win-win. We do have people that travel through, and we've done it quite a few times. So uh, let us know. We'd love to have you. Yeah, cool. I mean, heck, if I do come out to Florida in February, Jules. Oh, now you're coming. She's like, the six-hour flight doesn't seem so uh, bad I mean, if we get to meet Chris. Well, I, I live in California. It's not that terrible here. Yeah. But, Sucks in um, Chicago, so I'm happy, happier in California or Florida. So, yeah, Just take me anywhere, get me out of here, get me out. Of here. Anywho, happy to re- have really happy to be connected, and I want to see you continue to succeed. I'm glad to be a part of your community, and I get all your emails. I do find them very, very helpful. Very like, helpful. Uh, there's one. I had no idea that you could just submit to Apple to be featured without paying the money, as a for example. And so, mm-hmm. things like that, I don't think get enough kind of airtime we're sharing with our community and making sure that they're aware of these sorts of opportunities that mm-hmm. just get passed over. Yeah, we'll have more. Actually, you just reminded me, we have one for Spotify too. We're going to put out. Cool. And we're going to like help elevate, you know, help drive attendance for PodFest within our community as well. So yeah, I dude. appreciate that. It's amazing. Very cool. We're grateful, grateful to know you. We'll be in touch. And okay, I'll so send you the, the information for the meetup. Thank you for having me on. Thank Very you. Very cool. See you later, Chris. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye.